This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Besides Star Wars, if you're itching to dive deep into all things geek, park your speeder right here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And may the Force be with you always. Hey, Scarif listeners. This is Andrew from thesciencefictionary.com and Coruscant Radio Underground. You're listening to the new and improved Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast with more scuttle and definitely more butt. How many times have we heard, with great power comes great responsibility? That famous line that was said by Uncle Ben, Peter Parker's uncle, whose death at the hands of a thief could have been stopped had it not been for the arrogance and irresponsibility of Peter's actions, or inaction, as it were in this case. Even non-comic or superhero fans know that the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents drove him to becoming Batman, the Dark Knight vigilante hunting injustice in Gotham. It's a hero's trope in comics, and it's one of the many things that makes these larger-than-life characters interesting and relatable. Even watching them swing from building to building or taking that leap in a single bound, the emotion and motivation is what makes these sometimes more than human, human. In this episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, we'll hear Team Scarif dive into the motivations of some of our favorite heroes, like Spider-Man, Batman, and Superman, including Bucky Barnes' newest revelation of guilt in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Buckle up, Scuttle Buddies, for episode 62 of the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Don't forget to find the rest of the Red 5 Network podcast like Coruscant Radio Underground and the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast on red5network.com. Take it away, Red 5 family. Oh my gosh, thank you, Andrew, for that marvelous introduction. And of course, you know Andrew and his better half, Marisha, and the rest of the uh, Coruscant Radio Underground and sciencefictionary.com gang. And if you don't know them, I really would encourage you to find them and subscribe. They just did a uh, live uh, stream a couple of uh, minutes ago. They were talking about the Winter Soldier and Bucky and Sam and all that cool stuff. But uh, yeah, Scarif, we did our very first mega crossover with them a long time ago in a galaxy not so far, far away. But that was almost two years ago. And we discussed the legacy of Princess Leia, a two-parter. That started here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast and concluded on the Coruscant Radio Underground podcast. So uh, please look for it in our back catalog. It's available everywhere you find uh, your other uh, favorite Star Wars podcasts. But uh, speaking of which, uh, they just had a Red 5 Missions series that uh, is part of our Red 5 Network initiative to get some of our other pod uh, members, brothers and sisters, to collaborate on some shows which uh, really is really a cool idea. Uh, the boys over at Conversations and uh, Coruscant Radio Underground talked about finales. Uh, so uh, I just finished uh, part one last night. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It took me back to watching uh, Brad's favorite Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi, as the grand finale of the original trilogy. Um, as far as finales, uh, Chantel, what's, uh, what, what is your favorite finale of uh, our favorite uh, saga? 
Um, honestly, I guess I would have to agree. I would have to say Return of the Jedi as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it's because you like Ewoks, right? I do. I love them. I call them Teddy Grams. <laughs> That's what they remind me of. Oh, uh, the little Teddy Grams. <laughs> the little yeah. Teddy Grams. I wonder if they taste like Teddy Grams. I don't know. I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out either, but that is awesome. How you been? Good, good, good. A little tired. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get that blood pumping and uh, talk a little sci-fi, talk a little, uh, you know, Scarif uh, stuff here. But uh, I don't want you to fall asleep on me, so uh, pay attention. Hello there. So I just want to give everybody a reminder, uh, you know, we, we've been kind of behind. Well, I've been kind of behind. I've been getting out some merchandise out to uh, our followers, some Scarif swag. And uh, some of our Red 5 family members are also getting some swag, and, and you're getting some swag too. But uh, Nerf Herders, uh, Nerd Herders uh, are getting our Scarif gluten-free T-shirt. Um, I just sent something out too to uh, our special friend uh, north of the border, Ali K. I hope that gets to you, Ali. I hope by the time you listen to this, uh, you're enjoying what I sent you. So that would be uh, really cool. Something that uh, is based on his newfound talents uh he'll definitely put that to good use and uh what else are we were sending out the takeover swag from when grogu took took over the scarif account and folks were uh, were pretty cool about liking uh the those little grogu figures that uh, we started giving away from the bounty collection look for our posts on that and find it uh, under scare swag hashtag scare swag and those figures are available at uh, one of our favorite comic book stores here in Chicago. Alley Cat Comics is the uh, home of Scarif, uh, ScarifCon. Uh, we're going to have that uh, this uh, this coming summer as well. Uh, overall in Anderson, the Andersonville neighborhood. Uh, so uh, if you head out there, you're going to pick up some comic books. Let Nick and Celine know that we sent you. Um, really, really great stuff. And uh, it helps support uh, local businesses uh, as well. So that is awesome. You know, we we got to get a uh, we got to get a show together to talk about our collectibles. And I know uh, Andy just asked me if uh, if I wanted to get on their show for a couple minutes and talk about it. But we're doing this tonight. Last week you posted uh, that wonderful table you have with the Millennium Falcon Lego and some of the action figures. That is really cool. Tell me a little bit more about that. So a couple years back, I was. Um... I don't know what I was doing. I guess I was scrolling through social media and someone had posted what they had was kind of like a shadow box coffee table, kind of like um, what I had. And they had their Millennium Falcon Star Wars Lego set in there. And I was like, oh, man. So I kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And then when I finally bought the set, like, I don't even know, two or three years ago, first of all, I built that sucker like. I don't know, three days, maybe <laughs> two hours a day. Like once I got into it, I was, that was it. I was done. I was into it. And then finally, how many, how many pieces? Um, I think it's a little over 1400 pieces, wow. but I love uh, taking things apart, putting them together. So for me, Legos is like a dream. It's perfect. And, yeah. And to build my favorite, ship in the whole star wars saga even better so when i finally found 
this coffee coffee table on Wayfair. Shout out to Wayfair. Um, I said, perfect. <laughs> so I had that on display. And then I had a little snow speeder as well. That was actually the first uh, Star Wars uh, Lego set that I got. So, and I just love it. It's a great talking piece. Sure. And it really, um, to quote the big Lebowski, really ties the room together. <laughs> it really ties the <laughs> room together. It's my pride and joy. And I have definitely posted tweets about me having to move it when I need to clean. And every time I got to move that thing, I have a mini heart attack. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the thought of that thing falling and Legos now, I, going everywhere. Yeah. And I know some people after they put their Legos, Legos together, or I guess during putting their Legos together, and we're going to have to ask Sean over at, uh, you know, he's changed his name so many times, uh, <laughs> over at uh, Techie, the, uh, the Star Wars podcast. But um, d- would you ever consider using super glue and no. then just putting it together? No. Because don't even gonna... finish that. Don't even finish <laughs> okay. that question. All I already right, knew. Right, I already yeah, knew yeah. where you were going with that. Yeah. Hell, to me, that is. Oh, that's like a sin. No, no. I, oh, I wow. would. I so would, tell me, I but why? Never. I don't. Well, you, you, you I don't can like, vacuum in peace. I don't know. I don't like the permanence of it, even though yeah. I know I will probably never take it apart and put it sure. back together. But it just seems like sacrilege to take super glue to Legos. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. I don't interesting. know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's really interesting, though. It's, uh, you know, as a collector, I would think that more people, I, I'm going to have to ask Andy and, and Josh over at Holo Chronicles uh, podcast to see what their thought are uh, is on uh, super glue and Legos, because that's an interesting, and, and I, I can see your point definitely because uh, you don't want to sure, yeah, mess with I'm it. Sh- I'm sure there's a great divide when it comes to that, but it's funny. I always think of the first original um, Lego movie when that came out, and that was like a big plot point was you should not glue them together because the dad was so uptight, and you know, and it kind. Of, so for me, it's like it's like breaking like this cardinal Lego rule, like you shouldn't yeah. super glue them together. I can see that definitely. Yeah. So I will, uh, I will wash my mouth out with soap and never mention super glue and Legos in the same sentence again. I not in front of truly, me at least. Truly apologize. <laughs> you know, this is something that I was waiting for you to do, and I know it's in the show notes, but you already told me that you're not going to sing anything. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so no, no. Uh, I guess thank you for that. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants um, to hear that. I don't want to hear that. The walls in my apartment don't want to hear it. So, so just to, to clue you guys in, I had uh, put in some notes where Chantel sings the Saturday Night Live Star Wars lounge sound, song. <laughs> so I, I guess that's not going to happen. But I may be able to drop a little audio clip. But, uh, you know, we've got a very special, speaking of Star Wars, we have a very special Episode 66 or Order 66, as I have uh, planned it with a special guest. Uh, we're going to be doing a special Scarif Live with him. Big fun, great show. I'm not going to mention who he is yet because we're. Uh, this is episode 62. we got a couple of episodes to go before we start promoting that. But uh, really, uh, really a great guy. He will definitely teach you the ways of the Force uh, unless we catch him on a bad day where he wants to kill his nephew. And, and we'll see what happens uh, on an island. But uh, Scarif's episode 66 is going to go back to our Star Wars roots. And I'm looking forward to that. I know we, uh, you know, a couple of other podcasts have done uh, some rebranding, but uh, we have as well. 
because we like to talk uh, all geek stuff. But uh, look for our announcements soon. And uh, I'm wondering if people will uh, ask us uh, who it is. Um, but let me ask you this. If, uh, if you can get anyone on the pod, who would you love to talk to? So I thought about this question. And I have three different people. Oh, <laughs> are they? Are they're they on actors? a level. Yeah, I mean, okay. and they're on a level that's like, at least in my mind, is very high. <laughs> um, and they appeal to different parts of me, I guess. Um, Just don't, don't say Kevin Smith. Don't say Kevin Smith. No, don't say Kevin Smith. No, actually, I wasn't. <laughs> I love him actually, but no, that actually wasn't one of the people. Well, first, I guess. I have to give it up for the man who actually has made me feel comfortable with being a nerd and someone that I just absolutely adore and love is um, Conan O'Brien. And to me, oh. he's always been like king of the nerds for me. Um, another one, which for me would be like the ultimate, is the Michael Keaton, because Batman for me is just like where it all started, really. So, you know, that would be the other one. And then... Last but not least, for certain not least, which I have tweeted about him many times, is the Bill Hader, because he loves Star Wars to death. He was actually a voice consultant for BB-8, so for me, he would be like the absolute ultimate, plus biggest crush on him ever, so... That's awesome. Yeah. Have you, and obviously you've seen him do all his, uh, his little impersonations of the yes. Tauntaun and, yes. and, and it's, they're pretty hilarious. It's really great so stuff. so impressive. It's really impressive. I love it. Absolutely. What about you? What about me? Yeah. yeah. Who would you want? You know, it's funny because I mean, I don't know. I, I, I love talking to regular people. So here's the thing. Okay. Um, you know, obviously I'm a big Star Wars fan. I mm -hmm. love the franchise i love you know just being a geek mm -hmm. um i really would have loved to have talked to to um to jim henson oh that would have been amazing that would have um, been great uh you know again i'm i'm a i'm oh. a very i'm a behind the scenes guy i'm a yeah, behind the scenes guy that. and i really love the the craft so you know right. jim henson would have been amazing yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously folks like George Lucas, uh, Frank Oz, mm, um, all sure. the behind Frank the scenes people. I mean, yeah. you know, I really, again, that's what got me into it. Right. But right. you know, now that we have the podcast, it's, it's funny. It's, I'm more interested in talking to like just regular people, I regular fans. I, I love hearing the stories of you know, what got you into, you know, not only Star Wars, but what got you into, you know, Star Trek or Batman right, or Spider-Man. Right. I just love hearing those stories because it makes you feel like, okay, cool. You know, when you were younger, you get ostracized for being a nerd and, and you got the pocket protector and all that, you know, <laughs> bullshit, whatever. So it's, it's really nice as an adult now to really hear the stories of, you know, there's similar stories of how we grew up, um, how we grew up, you know, being teased and this and that. And right. now, you know, we, you and I talked about this, uh, I think, uh, a little bit uh, briefly on a previous show regarding it, it's really great now to to really have the nerd culture as part of the main, uh, you know, the mainframe of society. It's like it's it's highly accepted. It's it's like Very. cool to be geeky. Yes. So I, I think uh, to me, that's a lot more interesting uh, to really talk to regular folks, which, uh, you know, share stories uh, that are very similar to our own. So 
I, I again, I'd love to talk to George Lucas, but I, I think uh, it's really great to talk to to people that were affected by people like George Lucas, because again, it's uh, these are stories that are very similar to to it, it's it's universal. Uh, so that's um, that's what I like. That's what I would like to to do. So let's get to the main topics here. Uh, a very interesting topic and uh, something I'm very excited to kind of dive in with you. Uh, you know, we all make choices, you know, whether it's in real life or the characters that we read about or watch in film. And, uh, you know, I really, I really didn't think about how deeply embedded uh, the choices are that uh you know, that kind of dictate what kind of characters uh, these these people end up being, uh, you know, everyone from Peter Parker to Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, even lately, Bucky Barnes, we can talk about him for a little bit. But, uh, you know, how do the choices made by someone like Peter Parker, uh, you know, and obviously everybody should by now know the story of, of why, um, you know, we pick that phrase with great power comes great responsibility and uh, a while ago, I had tweeted that that is probably one of the very one of the most powerful uh, themes in, in, in fiction, not only comic books, but I think in fiction, because you really I mean, think about it. With great power comes great responsibility. And that that, that says volumes about the type of, of, of person you end up being, um, you know, Peter Parker obviously was uh, in that hallway and there was a thief that kind of r ran past him, but he was so into himself that he didn't really care about the consequences of not stopping this, this bad guy. And later on, we find out that, uh, you know, his uncle was killed and it turns out to be that same, uh, that same guy that, uh, that he failed to stop. And imagine that guilt that he lives with. Imagine the motivating force that uh, that reminds him every single day now that his his loved one, you know, Uncle Ben is no longer with him. And, you know, for a time, I bet you it's, it's something that you really that, that you blame yourself. And I know that happens in real life when you, you know, you think about, uh, you know, should I have turned left instead of turning right? Uh, should I've done this or should I've done that? It's it's quite a deep concept for, for comic books and, and these types of movies. What, what do you think about that? You know, you're saying, you know, choice and this and that, but I'm also kind of a person who, you know, believes in fate. So you're talking about, you know, you know, if I should have, should I made a left over a right and this and that. So it's almost like, yeah, Peter made that choice, but at the same point, I'm also thinking, Maybe that's the way it should have happened to give him this driving force to do what he does. But then you're also faced with the fact the same with Batman, you know, that he, they just continue to do what they do. The cup never gets filled. It never gets right. filled. And that's one of the things that I've actually have always liked about, you know, comic books and superheroes and, everything that they're faced with. I love the psychology behind it. I really Absolutely. do. The, the need, the drive to do this, knowing it's never going to fill that hole, but they do it anyway. Tell me, kid. 
And that's interesting because, you know, these choices that are made by these characters, I mean, it could go either way. We talk about Bruce Wayne and his need uh, to, you know, to find justice uh, where there is none. But you also have on the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got uh, characters like uh, Magneto who... You know, in his younger days, he saw some atrocities during World War II and realized in his mind that, uh, you know, humanity is kind of, uh, you know, lost its mind and he wants to purge, you know, humans. But at the same time, you've got Professor X who has seen similar uh, atrocities and uh, goes the other way as far as thinking. So choices and fate um, very, uh, you know, like I said, very deep topics. And I think, um, you know, being able to experience events through, uh, the eyes uh, of different people, I mean, the, what do you think as far as fate, does that come into play when, when it's the same event? Um, you know, you've got your choices that you make, but, uh, what do you think is the differentiating factor between characters like Magneto and like uh, Professor X who experience the same thing but have totally, completely different outcomes? I actually think it ties back into, you know, the whole focus of, of this episode of with great power comes great responsibility. And unfortunately, people have different thought processes and you either take it and use it for good or you take it and use it for bad. So... I don't know if I guess at that point if fate plays too much of a factor in it, but it kind of boils down to there if there's good, there's going to be evil. And if there's evil, there's going to be good. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, in the um, in the example of Peter Parker that we just spoke of, uh, you know, there there was a certain element of arrogance in Peter. He was, you know, the skinny teenage kid that uh, was picked on. And now he's uh, found that he's got the this, you know, this incredible strength and this right. incredible growth and stuff like that. And he was just all into himself. He was just tired of being pushed around. And um that's very you know, relatable. You, oh yeah, definitely. But you talk about fate because it's it's interesting. You talk about fate, and um, if if he didn't experience what he experienced, do you think that he would have uh, continued to to grow that arrogance? Do you think that Spider Man would have been a villain instead of a hero? Most likely, and, that, and, and that's where fate kind of yeah. flips on uh, on its end, don't you think? Yeah, I do agree because at the end of the day, let's face it, he got these powers. At a very at a young age as a teenager. And you know, what's your moral compass at that age? You know what I mean? I mean, let's all admit it. I think if you were 16, 17 years old and got bit by some crazy radioactive spider and suddenly had all these powers and you've been picked on your whole life, and there's no repercussions for your actions, I mean, I don't know. I I that's a hard question to answer because you don't want to automatically say that someone be, would become a villain. You would hope that your upbringing would kind of counter against that. But like I said, he was a teenager. So I guess I could see why if he suddenly got this power and Uncle Ben didn't die that, yeah, he would probably become a little bit more arrogant. It would be, you know, really thirsty about 
having all this power. It, fate is a very tricky thing, and it's, it's kind of a slippery slope because, mm -hmm. you know, there are many factors. And obviously, in real life, we've got, uh, you know, the psychology of each individual that experiences anything. So, the you know, obviously the upbringing, um, but there are also, you know, ex uh, I guess instances where, you know, you, you do have a, a, a very wholesome upbringing and you hope, obviously, you know, for me as a parent, you'd hope that my kid would remember the lessons that, uh, that I've instilled in him and then not go out and, and start shooting up a place, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it does happen, you know, things like that do happen and you, you know, you, you hear us, Oh, he was such a good boy. Uh, but, uh, you know, something snapped and, and either, like you said, either fate took over or, you know, he forgets, uh, the life lessons that are instilled in him, but mm -hmm. it's, it, it's really interesting. I think, um, the factors that go into the decision-making of characters, uh, and not only characters, but I guess people in real life, uh, are very complex and, you know, talking about real life uh, characters, I mean, uh, let's let's dive into uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as Bucky Barnes tries to deal with um, I want to call it guilt because, um, you know, he did what he did. He was Hydra's, uh, you know, assassin and he went out and and killed a lot of people, et cetera, et cetera. And now he's kind of coming to terms with that and realization and, and the realization that uh, he was who he was uh, back then. And he's starting to change, but there is a lot of guilt in, in Bucky Barnes. And we start to see it in, in the show, uh, you know, the Falcon of the winter soldier uh, talk about guilt. I mean, we, we, you know, I kind of earlier on, I kind of joked around about uh, therapy, but there is some there are some scenes of Bucky going through therapy. And I think that uh, that definitely will will help him kind of realize at least it'll give us a, an understanding of where his mind is. Can what do you what are your thoughts on on his guilt and how he's dealing with it? You know, I really I really have enjoyed those scenes, you know, of him going through therapy. And again, I love psychology and it's for me, it's like a subconscious guilt that he's going through because I feel so bad for his character because at the end of the day, I see, I separate at that time while he was, you know, doing Hydra's bidding, I consider them to be completely two different people. You know, I do consider one to be Bucky and, want to be the winter soldier. It's essentially a, a split mind. So it breaks my heart in a sense that the Bucky side feels so horrible for what he's done when I don't see it as Bucky carrying these things out. I'm seeing this as the winter soldier, someone who was so brainwashed that with a simple code, he's this killing machine and he doesn't realize what he's doing. And I do hope that he comes to terms with it because, like I said, at the end of the day, he shouldn't see that as he's the one that was doing it. That was the Winter Soldier. I really think if he treats it as that's a completely different person, maybe that would help. But I want to see how that unfolds. I really do. I hope they delve deeper into it. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's definitely an interesting thing. You know, he, uh, it, it seems this last episode too, he's got some issues when mm -hmm. it comes to validation Yes. And uh, again, very relatable. You know, we all 
a kind of reach for someone to validate, yeah, to, to validate our own feelings. And, you know, he's got this thing where he's, he's really pissed off at Sam for not taking the mantle of Captain America because Steve Rogers entrusted Sam with the shield and said, you know, it's, it's gotta be you. And Sam kind of just put it down and said, no, it, it, it can't be me. And, uh, you know, there's a scene there where a winter soldier, I'm sorry, uh, Bucky, let's differentiate the two, I guess here. Um, but, uh, you know, Bucky got upset and said, why did you, why did you leave it? Why did you put it down? Why did you give up the mantle of Captain America? Steve said, you know, if Steve was wrong about you, then he must've been wrong about me. Right. And again, that's that's very powerful uh, as far as validation. He definitely has issues regarding his own identity, mm-hmm. but the way that somebody that he trusted, um, right. you know, sees him, too. So uh, he's really fighting demons on, on both aspects. And I find that very interesting for a show that is based, uh, you know, on on superheroes and, you know, tight, uh, you know, tight leggings and pants and <laughs> weird stuff that happens in the universe. But uh, talk a little bit about that. How, uh, how, what are your thoughts about these types of things kind of sneaking in? And I guess not sneaking in because we've had, you know, some very serious topics uh, from the comics all the way from the beginning. I mean, Stan Lee, you know, created the X-Men to, you know, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, acceptance and diversity, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, this show is 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 really it's going to be interesting uh, going forward. Uh, you know, when we uh, get we're a little ha- we're less than halfway through. I think it's only going to be six episodes. But what do you think about all this stuff kind of coming into the mainstream? Coming into the mainstream? I mean, I I love it. And listen, at the end of the day, I've always felt that comic books were always about you know, outcasts and was basically made for outcasts. So now to have it be so widely accepted like this, it's, it's really refreshing. It's really refreshing to not feel that way anymore. And I hope that, you know, it allows people who may used to have, you know, felt like a dork or freak or nerd or whatever the case may be that, you know, they put that into a more positive spin now because it's true. I mean, that's what all these comic books have really been about when you really think about it. I mean, how many times we read comic books where they're always trying to kind of take down, you know, the superhero or whatever, because they do see them as just a vigilante and no more than, you know, another threat, somebody that's not us. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I definitely have always been able to relate to that. Sure, sure. And, you know, again, just, you know, going back to, you know, comic books, I mean, it's these are lessons that, you know, you see in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, only, you know, disguised uh, as, uh, you know, superhero stories. And I think, you know, we're all, we're all superheroes to to a certain degree. uh, But we're all definitely human. And um, I think that's what uh, kind of brings us together with this genre. Um, because like I said, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the able, the ability to leap, uh, over a building in a single bound doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't relate to us, but the rest of the stuff definitely does. Let's, uh, you know, w- we talk about that phrase with great power comes great responsibility, but there, you know, and that really relates to Spider-Man and Peter Parker, but it relates to a lot of other, uh, superheroes as well. Let's cut to uh, man of steel. 
just wanted to help. I know you did, but we talked about this. Right? <laughs> right? We talked about this. You have... Oh, Clark, you have to keep this side of yourself a secret. What was I supposed to do? Just let him die? Kevin Costner's character, um, uh, what is it, Pa Kent? Mm -hmm. He um, he was really teaching uh, Clark, um, you know, the the way to really be responsible, especially in his youth. You know, obviously, Peter Parker, you were talking about how he grew up in kind of uh, an arrogant way, uh, especially after finding that he had these powers. But, you know, Superman or Clark Kent really had this guidance from Pa Kent and, uh, you know, Really heartbreaking scene uh, during, uh, I think it was, the, was it the Man of Steel when Pa Kent was like, you know, trapped in that storm and he got out of his car and Clark wanted to save. Was that Man of Steel? I think so. Yeah. It, so yeah. that scene gets a lot of heat. And I, I know I've spoken to some of our uh, patrons like Nick uh, Schaefer about that, but um, it's uh, it's an interesting scene because you really get to know, you know, uh, it's almost like Pa Kent was not messing around. It's like, I'm here to teach you something. And if you expose yourself now, then everything that I taught you is, is for naught because people will realize that, uh, you know, you're, you're special and will take advantage of that. So, um, you know, again, you know, similar to some of the other heroes, you know, it's, they kind of had to bide their time and really learn uh, responsibly how to use their power. What do you think of Superman's, uh, I, I guess his, I won't call it a hero complex, but what do you think about how he has been able to, uh, I guess, you know, become this hero that the world needs? And, you know, he's got some very similar um parallels to uh to uh, religion and jesus christ and becoming the savior etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh apart from that i mean what do you think of of that scene where uh basically pa can't kind of sacrifices himself to to uh save his son i mean isn't that i guess what any parent is supposed to do yeah exactly, exactly. you know and i think that that sets a great example and especially for for Superman, who, you know, isn't somebody that turned into this, this is somebody who was born this way. So it's about control, you know, and controlling that power and making sure that you're, you know, using it the way that you should. And what better guidance, you know, are you going to get than from your own parents? So... Yeah. yeah, and and listen, there's you know there's a lot of that, and and you know a lot of these comic books, Batman has Alfred, you know Peter Parker has you know Aunt May essentially, Superman has you know his parents the Kents, so yeah, and it is you know we talk about uh, you know instilling the you know the parents instilling the kids uh, with uh, with kind of a blueprint. Um, as far as their background and, and trying to make sure that they do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like you said earlier, I mean, ch these choices can, can get a little funky, um, you know, especially when, when fate comes into play. Um, Brad and I, a while ago, we talked about how Anakin Skywalker's choices kind of relegated him to, you know, leading uh, or, or heading towards that path to the dark side. 
Um, and again, it was, it was a choice, uh, for him. He wanted to save Padme. He wanted to be able to control, you know, uh, life and death and, and, uh, not to lose the person that, that he loved. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that cost him in the end, you know, he made a deal with the devil, uh, so to speak there. And, uh, that really, you know, it cost him. So choices are a very, uh, interesting thing. I think, you know, we, we, we live our lives, uh, you know, making micro choices and making macro choices uh, all our lives. Um, and it's, you know, does fate come into it? I think that's like another podcast uh, right there. But uh, mm -hmm. absolutely, you know, uh, it's important to remember that uh, one of the reasons that we really, um, you know, dive deep into these characters or really relate to these characters is because their stories are our stories. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, people forget that, uh, you know, you, you like Superman or Batman or, or Iron Man. These are larger than life characters. But uh, deep down, they're just like us making the same choices that we would. Um, but it's funny. I want to tell you a quick story as far as Spider-Man and, and, and uh, getting his powers. When I was, you know, Spider-Man is one of the he's probably the one superhero that I really uh that got me into being uh, a nerd spider-man um probably even before star wars star wars is like the sci-fi aspect right. but spider-man really when i was a kid spider-man was like my favorite and right. i wanted to have powers like him and i the the obviously i real I, I knew what the story was so the only the only thing that i could do to be able to get spider powers is i went out to the backyard and i captured a spider and i put him in a jar <laughs> And I, I didn't have um, the radioactivity that Peter Parker did, but I did have a flashlight. So overnight, I put the flashlight over the jar to irradiate the spider. <laughs> and in the morning, I woke up, um, I opened the jar, and I had the spider bite me, hoping that I would uh, get uh, spider powers. And how disappointed were you <laughs> when it well. failed? How do you know it failed? <laughs> Life is a great big hang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find the Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah, it is funny how uh, regardless, you know, that some of them might have superpowers and some of them don't and dress up the way that they do that we can find some aspect of it that is so relatable like you know we spoke about in one of the last episodes wandavision i felt like i related to her greatly because of the whole grief aspect of it so that's why i like the comic books and stuff like that and star wars and it's very comforting just you know it just i don't know it's amazing how it's sometimes it can just feel so relevant to what's and happening so to you yeah and so familiar mm -hmm. very familiar i think for you know for folks that um that really you know are into self-reflection i think it it definitely serves as a sort of of therapy and mm -hmm. and comfort I think, uh, you know, these characters uh, live through their experiences similar to how we live through our experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think it's great. And I think, uh, you know, if anything, you know, we learn a lot from these characters and the way they uh, they make their choices. Um, so I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And we should do an episode on fate because you talk about, you know, Anakin's choices 
But at the same point, there was always the prophecy of him bringing balance to the force. And in a way, that it's still fulfilled, you know? So it, that part of fate was still met because by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, in a sense, he does fulfill the prophecy. It may not have been the way that they were thinking it was going to go, but fate still stepped in and you still got the same, essentially the same result. It may have just taken a little longer than I guess all the Jedi were anticipating when they first wow. met Anakin. I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, he made those choices, yeah. but look, look what happened. It's still, it's kind still, of, it still kind of led to the same conclusion. Of course, I don't like the thought that he slaughtered a bunch of children, but <laughs> tomato, tomato, look what happened still. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Did I just Excellent blow your mind? Point. Yeah. I just blew, yeah, <laughs> definitely. This guy, Flash Thompson, he probably deserved what happened. But just because you can beat him up doesn't give you the right to. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Are you afraid that I'm going to turn into some kind of criminal? Quit worrying about me, okay? Something's different. I'll figure it out. Stop lecturing me, please. I don't mean to lecture and I don't mean to preach. And I know I'm not your father. Then stop pretending to be. Right. I'll pick you up here at 10. With great power comes great responsibility. And I posted that, uh, that phrase a few weeks ago and stated that in fiction, there are a few lines of dialogue that resonate with fans, this obviously being one of them. And, you know, we all get presented with choices while uh, we aren't all blessed or cursed with the ability to leap tall buildings in a single bound. We do have the will to at least try and make choices that impact our own surroundings and uh, hopefully in a positive manner. Would you agree with that statement? Yes. Yes, I would. Absolutely. So yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. It's, uh, you know, and it's one of the things that kind of pisses me off about Spider-Man's MCU version. We don't have that phrase in the MCU for, for, for Spider-Man. And I think it's, 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 uh, it's a phrase that is so deeply embedded in Spider-Man that, um, I'm kind of upset that uh, that we don't see it uh, in the uh, the new incarnation of of the Marvel Cinematic Spider-Man, but maybe uh, maybe sometime in the future. And I know you know people already know what his history is. We've had a couple of reboots and some new Spider-Man, but uh, you know we kept we keep on seeing uh, Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed over and over and over again. So <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny that you mentioned that because. There was somebody on Twitter who was talking about that, that they were voicing their displeasure about how these um, Tom Holland ones have just completely, you know, they just have left out the whole Uncle Ben thing. And they were also upset that, you know, the Green Goblin hasn't made an appearance or something like that. But I was kind of like, well, we know that story so well already and sure. even me as a batman person as much as i love batman even i'm kind of like i don't think we need to rehash the whole his parents were killed in front of him when he was nine years old like we get that already right but like you said 
now how do you work that in if you even want to work that in the whole Mm -hmm. great power you know comes great responsibility but i guess that's why you had tony stark as his mentor in these movies you know kind of as the uncle ben stand-in sure to kind of give him that guidance even if he didn't say the actual phrase but again because he's a punk kid (laughs) what would he do with these powers without that guidance right yeah i mean what would you do if you were his age and you suddenly had these powers do you think that you would go you know the good route or would you go the more villainous route oh no i'd cause some shit and stir some pots man Listen, yeah. I, I, look, I, I got teased. I, like I said, I wasn't popular in middle school and this and that. And I remember watching, it's not a superhero movie, but huge horror fan. I remember watching the movie Carrie the first time. And as much as yes, no, I very much disagree with her murdering everybody on prom night. Again, I was also, I, I understood, you know, she's been teased. She's been pushed so far. She's been given this astronomical power and then you pushed her to the point where she did this heinous thing but then also look at her upbringing she's got a crazy mother you know so you know i've always wondered since i had such a good upbringing of my parents you know instilled you know good morals and values i do wonder like what would i have done had i gotten powers like that especially at the age that i was going through all this you know bullshit with clicks and stuff like that you know, it's like, I think I would rather have gotten these powers in my 20s or 30s when you're over that. That's some dark shit, man. I know. It gets, <laughs> it gets deep. It gets yeah. really deep. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Ro here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks, Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, little discussion regarding uh, great power and great responsibility. And uh, yeah, we got uh, we, we got some great points across and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. You want to take us out, Chantel? <laughs> and that's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>